When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Friends from Work Plus. This is a podcast about the ever-expanding multiverse that is the MCU. We have a really special friend here today, <laughs> Samwise the Brave, Robbie's dog, keeps walking in and out, yep. breathing really heavily because it is very hot outside. Yeah, he just sure. went on a walk and he has to wear a fur coat everywhere he goes. It's, so If you hear the dog, it's just our friend Samwise, <laughs> the good old boy, and just try to... Show them the love and kindness that you've shown us. Thank um, you. This episode has been a long time coming. In fact, I think this episode might be the most requested Friends from Work Plus episode that we've ever had. Yeah. And so today's going to be really fun. We are going to give you our official Friends from Work ranking of the top 10 best post-credit scenes or yeah. mid-credit scenes yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This one was a lot of fun for us. Like we we actually sat down and at an ice cream shop. At an ice cream shop, and we looked through a list of literally every credit scene in any MCU project, film, or Disney Plus show. And there's 56, I think. Yeah, which is the other crazy thing to think about. When I like first thought about this project, which I know is just shows that I came in with some hubris. I did not think it would be that difficult because I have those couple that I'm like, oh, these are so great. But then when 56 is a ton and a lot of them are great, like most of them are great. So it's like then you really have to start getting into like which ones you're going to shave off. And so it was a fun discussion. You you can be a little liberal on what qualifies as a credit scene. That's part of the discussion because right. like they included in this list we found the sound effect of Iron Man's hammer in the background would just – yeah. it's like that doesn't really count as a right. credit scene, right. but they did – which, by the way, before we give you these 10, I need to just say, oh, my gosh, guys, be careful out there on the Internet. Every time <laughs> I Google this stuff, I literally just say to Robbie, like, I'm not going back to the Internet today. <laughs> it's just it's the people who put together these lists. I don't know that they watch any of these films. All these lists are garbage. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. If you are Googling yeah. any kind of best dot, 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 right. dot, whatever, yada, yada, right. yada in the MCU – be careful where you read it from because yeah. these lists are absolute garbage. We Googled best and worst CGI moments in right. the MCU, garbage list. Right. 
by the way, you'll find multiple lists that say the exact same thing for the best and the worst. Yeah. It's like, just, just stop people, leave it to the experts like Robbie and side note before Robbie even laughs at that joke. Samwise has officially been called out of the room <laughs> as an update. He is breathing so heavily. We may need to get him checked out. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Candace left town for a while and, um, he was living the bachelor life with dad and may put on a few pounds. You know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, man, it is crazy. I mean, there are folks out there, like one of the reasons I love having Matt on the show who works with MCU direct is I know that Matt puts a lot of thought into this stuff. You know, like whenever I see stuff come out, articles that Matt writes, rankings that Matt puts out, that stuff you can trust. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff where I genuinely think, like, I don't even think people would be that offended if we say this because I have to believe they just like throw, it's like they put on a blindfold and like throw a bunch of darts at like every, all 56 scenes and they're like, okay, yeah, best in credit scene. Um, I don't know. Has anyone here seen these all? Uh, <laughs> Tim, you have. Why don't you just name it? Right. Golly. I will say the direct put out a list of their top movies in the MCU, but they actually pulled like their 13 writers. And I commented to Matt, I said, you know what? That's a pretty fair list. I yeah. thought it was pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. So like it is possible to find those out there, but right. just, you know, just trust Robbie and I. We got you. We'll go from there. <laughs> we do. If nothing else, our opinions could be total garbage, but I can at least assure you we put thought into them. True. We debate. Kyle and I, there are a couple on these and we'll say, that we really pushed and pulled on, which made it fun because we kind of had to make the case for different ones. So I'm not going to put out an article that says the worst CGI they've ever done is <laughs> Thanos. I mean, <laughs> would you just quit wasting all of our time and get off the internet? Here we go. So what, as a, as a precursor real quick, one thing that I wanted to note is that there are different kinds of credit scenes in, in terms of what they're content wise. Like there are some that are purely menace kind of jokes and we'll talk about some of those. Uh, then there are some that are teasers that are like scenes that actually show up in a later film. True. Like, for instance, the Ant-Man credit scene was a little clip from Civil War. True. The Doctor Strange credit scene, which those came out back to back. So it's kind of fun how you see like phases of what Marvel's wanting to do for their credit scenes. Um, Doctor Strange went to a, a Taika scene from Ragnarok. And then you have... Some that are just straight trailers for the next movie. Spider-Man No Way Home with Multiverse yep. of Madness. Yep. And then Captain America, the first Avenger is this really dated trailer for the Avengers. Oh, yeah. When's the last time you saw that? I <laughs> I recently looked this up, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I love it because it's still like if you go watch the first Avenger on Disney Plus, it's still there. And it's this like, like it's great. Uh, so there are those. And then... All of the ones that that made it into our list here, which is part of the reason I'm setting all this up, are their own, like it's a scene that you can only get there in the credits of this other movie. Like it's a, an additional story piece. It's not a preview of something else. And it's not just kind of a gag thing. It's like this moves along the universe in some way um, or, or somehow contributes to a story. And those are my favorite kinds of credit scenes. Right. Mine too. That's why we're putting out one joint list because we were able to come to an agreement on these. My only other disclaimer is there are 54 to 58 of these things. And Robbie and I first narrowed it down to 19, knowing mm -hmm. we wanted to get to 10. So know that one, 
there was still like nine to 15 other credit scenes that we love, but right. you have to only choose 10. So something had to get cut. And and we will have some honorable mentions. Well, and so let's start with the honorable mentions oh, and yeah. work up. That's perfect. So the, the three or four scenes that were the closest to making the top 10 that we struggled with over ice cream, by the way, we struggled with it so much that I got a second bowl of ice cream. <laughs> I got ice cream. We were still struggling with it. I got a second bowl. I've never done that in my whole life, and I don't regret it at all. So actually, this just in, breaking news, Robbie's texting me right now from five feet across the room that it's actually six honorable mentions that we cut out. So 19 originally, worked it to only 13, and that uh-huh. honorable mention list grew to 16 That's- throughout the double bowl of ice cream. Yep, True. I tell no lies. So, okay, <laughs> we're not going to get into these like crazy because right. we have more time to spend on the others. Um, the Multiverse of Madness, Pizza Papa. I love Pizza Papa, man. It's Pizza funny. Papa always gets paid. <laughs> he always gets paid. He never doesn't get paid. But obviously this and our other one from Homecoming mm-hmm. with the Captain America patience thing mm-hmm. are the two humor ones that we almost included on the list. Like, especially the Captain America patience one. Yeah. Totally different vibe. Not important at all. But I remember sitting in the theater waiting for that credit scene. Mm-hmm. And it was so perfectly timed for him to be like, so you messed up. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that they had referenced that in the movie itself, yeah. those two are the funny ones that were really close. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of some more substantive ones, that we were really close on. The credit scene in Civil War, the intro to Wakanda, yep. is really great. Like that was really close for us because that's where you see you see the big Panther statue, you see Bucky getting kind of cryo-freezed. But also just the first kind of Steven. And you hear the drums. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a great that's a great one. And then another Captain America one, the Winter Soldier scene. That's another that almost made it into the list in part because of kind of some of the conversations we've had recently about Wanda's character growth over time. This is the introduction of Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, this is the twins, by the way, that we're talking yeah. about. Which was a Joss Whedon-directed scene. One of the things I'm excited to talk about as we go through our actual top 10 is it kind of differs from project to project whether the director of that project directed the credit scene or whether the the project that the scene sort of led into, uh, that director did it. And here Joss Whedon did direct that struck her. There's nothing more terrifying than a miracle. And that's the first time we see Wanda with her witch fingers, like levitating something. Um, the closest to our top 10, like probably number 11 Mm -hmm. is the post credit scene of the first Avengers. When we meet Thanos for the first time, for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. the only reason I think we both decide to keep it out of the top 10 is just because they had not fully decided on the visual direction and it's not Josh Brolin. Right. So yeah, that's the part. But I do like them planting that seed so early on. Yeah, it still works really. It, it winds up being really fun in a rewatch still. But also, like, what's interesting about that scene to me is he does, like, the line is, you know, to to it's something like to attack Earth is to court death. And that's a clear reference to, in the comics, like... Thanos is he wipes out half the universe because he's literally courting death like the figure that is that embodies death he like is in love with and have we talked about this 
He's trying to impress her. And it. he's trying to impress her by killing like half the universe with the Infinity Gauntlet. So, Yikes. So he's literally courting death, and that's what that line is supposed to be. Oh. And one, I think they made the right call in moving away from that. I don't think that takes away from the scene, but it is interesting to see like that was Whedon being very kind of comic accurate and like a like winking at fans that had read the Infinity Gauntlet comics. And it's just interesting to kind of see how you know, we by the time we get the version of Thanos that ultimately works so well, it's very different from that. It's not the kind of maniacal grin sure. of Thanos. Our last honorable mention here is the Doctor Strange post cred scene, the first one, where Doctor Strange is having a beer with Thor, which is a scene that both you and I love. Mm-hmm. We love the timing of it, and it was so fun to see the two of them together. It's so fun to see Doctor Strange as like the ancient one in that kind of scene mm-hmm. and really in control and oh so earth has wizards now like right amazing again probably cut out of our top 10 just because it is a scene that you get in the next film so right not as special if it's not a separate scene but i do love that that's the only time we get dr strange with the yellow gloves on yeah which is kind of a fun okay. taika addition yeah um, okay, okay so our 10th best mid or post credit scene in the mcu yes so number 10 Bringing it in true friends from work fashion is the credit scene from Thor the Dark World. Let's go! <laughs> which we're calling Two Infinity Stones. <laughs> if Thor the Dark World had 10 credit scenes, all 10 would be on this exactly, list. Exactly, exactly. Uh, this scene is actually like really monumental for the MCU, which is kind of crazy. It's the first time we ever hear the phrase or the term Infinity Stones. And it's the first time that we kind of see the way that this universe is connecting. Because at this point, we haven't, it it was before Guardians, but it's when we meet the collector. It's when we start to kind of see the aesthetic that Guardians would introduce us to. The scene was actually directed by James Gunn, which is fun. And so it's sort of, it's his introduction to the MCU. It winds up being pretty monumental. It's like when you start to understand what's going on behind the scenes. And again, you know, Throw the Dark World was the second movie in phase two in release order. It just gives us some more of that connectedness between Asgardians and the Guardians. (laughs) And as you pointed out, we we got to watch all of these right before recording this, and Benicio Del Toro's performance in that is also incredible. Magnificent! (laughs) It's beautiful. You guys can't see all my hand motions. (laughs) Now no one can see all the hand motions. Asgardians. Asgardians. As Guardians of the Galaxy, back together again. <laughs> I was working in some pretty nice quotes the other night. You were. I Yeah, I got a few in there. Number nine, according to Friends from Work, which is the list you need to care about. Yep. <laughs> why am I so confident today? I love it. it. I love I don't it. Know it's making me confident. It's, it's borderline arrogant at this point. <laughs> You're um, more even arrogant than our strange. WandaVision. Uh, her levitating. Sorry. You named all these. I know, just for That's fun. unbelievable. <laughs> okay, hold on, everyone. This is what's happening. I was going to describe it, but Robbie texted me, and he actually took the time to name all these on the drive back from ice cream. <laughs> when did you do this? We did this like... <laughs> so I'm just caught off guard because we agreed it's the WandaVision sequence where she's levitating and going through the dark hole, but he named it diving into the dark hole. <laughs> you are so smart. 
<laughs> You're unbelievable with words. We should be consulting on these Marvel films. It's unbelievable. Um, okay, anyway, so off track. Number nine, the WandaVision diving into the dark hold. And this is almost certainly here because one, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Two, it's really cool to see Wanda finding some peace. But then ultimately it's here because it takes that turn. And goes through that back door with the creepiest music. You get a Doctor Strange shout out in the music. Mm -hmm. And shout out Christoph Beck, by the way. Yep. And we're now seeing a thing that she's doing that obviously has become massively important. Maybe too much emphasis was placed on this. But in terms of the post credit scene, Mm -hmm. it's very important at this point. And this one was interesting because I, I think we even talked about this on the podcast probably in our finale episode, there was some speculation around whether Sam Raimi directed this. And I found a fun interview with Matt Shackman where he was saying Shackman did in fact direct it, but it was almost totally coincidental. He said he is just a Sam Raimi fan, so there was probably some influence there. But the way it shot, you know, it all kind of being a one-shot thing, you know, starting with the drone footage and then zooming into the cabin. And so it was kind of a funny, unintentional like lead in to Multiverse of Madness because it is kind of Sam Raimi in style. Uh, but it was Shackman. One note here on this post credit scene. I'm not sure our audience fully grasps how crazy these timelines can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I read an article that basically said Elizabeth Olsen wrapped WandaVision and headed over to Doctor Strange filming three days later. Three days later. So when you read yeah. these clickbait headlines that say Sam Raimi didn't even watch all of WandaVision, he didn't watch all of WandaVision before he made Doctor Strange because it wasn't even out yet. Right. And so I read this article about Michael Waldron having to sit down with Elizabeth Olsen and talk about what happened in WandaVision and what happened in these post credit scenes so that they fully grasped it. Because uh-huh. it's not like he could just go to Disney Plus and quick do his research. Right. He would have had to go to the whole team and like try to get access to all that stuff. Yeah. So just as a side note, it's crazy. Yeah. Like that's why it takes so much coordination from somebody like Kevin. Mm -hmm. And this is where other franchises fail, I think. Right. It's like somebody, some team needs that kind of vision and coordination to make sure those things work. Looking at you, X-Men. Looking at you, Star Wars. So I think, yeah, and that's one thing that I'm glad you pointed that out because there are a couple times in these credit scenes where I was reading articles to just kind of see how they came together. And it's a lot of that. Like, it's a lot of, like, creators from different projects that tie in, like, sitting together, like, in person and talking through it. And I think that's really fun. And it has to be, like, especially, you know, for folks that you've never worked with before and, and, you know, a project like WandaVision that was clearly such a passion project for Matt Shackman and Jack Schaefer. They both talked about kind of meeting with Waldron and, and Raimi as stuff was coming together. Because you're right. I had no idea that Multiverse of Madness was being made that long ago. But Look, This is a tangent. We will not get on, okay? I promise. But specifically, that movie has a really weird past because there was a script for Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness with Scott Derrickson. Mm. And, then when, and then Sam Raimi and Michael Waldron came on board and started running with that. And then when COVID hit... They took the time to start over. That's right. So it's a really weird film where like it's gone through a lot of metamorphosis to Mm -hmm. get here. I don't think it's always that way, but I'm sure that added some complication then with WandaVision as well. Yeah. And I can vouch for Elizabeth being busy here because we had reached out to her team 
in the middle of WandaVision and already got the answer. She's already filming Doctor Strange and is like in a different country. So it just happens so fast. Yeah, that is crazy to think about. Okay, anyways, our number eight. So our number eight best credit scene in the MCU is from Moon Knight, the only credit scene in Moon Knight, we're calling Meet Jake. You're calling Meet Jake. <laughs> and man, again, we just rewatched all these. And that one is so, it's so good. It's so eerie. And the parallels to Moon Knight being in the psych ward earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like the 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 slow kind of unveiling of it. The actual act, like it's it's maybe it's maybe my favorite Conchu scene that we Conchu got. Conchu looks awesome. He looks awesome. The acting, the voice acting there. Ethan Hawke doing this with his hands. Uh-huh. And, the, like, and I, yeah, I also me. love Harrow kind of being one. He's got Ahmet inside of him, so he's kind of crazy from that. But he's also on however many drugs. And he's just like super loopy and like, but even still, like confident that like you can't hurt me, right? Can't you? And I mean the the face acting from Oscar Isaac there, and then obviously like the even just the little reveal of him speaking Spanish, which was improv, by the way. Like that was not like everything Oscar did in that scene was improv. I've, I was reading like he just kind of they let him be like, what do you want Jake to be? Like mm. make it you know make it whatever. And so that makes it even more fun. One other thing I noticed just watching it, the the mental hospital that Harrow's in is called the Sinkovich Hospital or, or Institute. And Bill Sinkovich is the artist that's most associated with Moon Knight. He that's fun. worked on that original run that we've talked about. So that was a fun, that's fun. Easter egg. And his limo license plate says Spectre. Mm-hmm. And it's happening in London, I could tell, based on the skyline. Yep. Number seven, this is going to go to Thor Ragnarok. Not the Jeff Goldblum scene, although that's funny. <laughs> Could It's a tie. It's a, it's a tie. <laughs> it's got to be when Thanos' ship shows up. I love the one detail of the lighting, the shadow just mm-hmm. covering their face. And I think that this is really important because this is kind of like the line of demarcation of when the tone officially shifts. Right. Ragnarok has been pretty loose and fun and goofy. And even the conversation is like, no, I think Earth will love me and I'm I'm a celebrity and they love me right. there. And like it's still the same humor. And then when the shadow goes over their face, that's when it's like, okay, right. things just got out of hand. Yeah. The Do you like that one too? Come that on. was nice. That was nice. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Last little Mark Mothersba bit we get. Yeah. R.I.P. Um he's not dead. He's, <laughs> he's just not, not on dead. he's just not on Thor anymore. Uh, and I'm sad about that. R.I.P. Thor 4. But, uh, yeah, what a great scene. Man, I, I was telling you this earlier. Every time I get the chance to click on Thor Ragnarok on Disney Plus or throw that, and it just makes me so happy. I love oh, that movie so much. You love it. I love it. <laughs> Some people don't love it. I know, man. Do you want to take this next one? Yeah, I do. Number six, Spider-Man Far From Home, Daily Bugle Exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. This is crap. I like that you're reading them in real time. (laughs) I am. I can't believe you titled all these. (laughs) You're so good with this stuff. Uh, Obviously, this sets up all of No Way Home. I think it's also a really good homage to some of the diehard Spider-Man fans, just with the identity thing, because we have talked so much about how that hasn't been a factor in the MCU. Mm -hmm. So obviously, with No Way Home, kind of making that a factor again. 
Yeah. It's a fun setup that way. You get to see J. Jonah Jameson is a fun thing. And it's yeah. not Daily Bugle. It's dailybugle.net. Yeah, the controversial news site. The controversial news site. By the way, that newscaster does a great job. Yeah. And then it's really cool to see one last strike of Mysterio where he's put this together in a way that it does seem pretty convincing. Mm-hmm. Peter's the bad guy. And it's fun. He's taking clips from all things he did actually say, just not yeah. in context. Which is so Gotta fun. Be careful of the media, man. One well, and, and go, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's that's the thing about Far From Home that I, I think will age well is there's actually a lot of meta text there, but it's 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 well done. It doesn't give in to the meta to the point where it doesn't take itself seriously anymore. But there's so much stuff like that that came out like around just what a superhero movie is, and and yeah, like the media culture that was shifting. But we were like the the fact that Jaquino does the Mysterio theme there kind of towards the end, which carries over to the beginning of No Way Home. And I also just loved that, like we were talking about on our Doctor Strange reflections, one scene that did not make our list that is maybe both of ours least favorite is the mid credit scene in the new Doctor Strange film. Yeah. And in part, it's because it, it it's such a great ending. And then it sort of, it doesn't undo it, but I think it takes away from some of the weight of that kind of shock ending. And this is an example of that being done well, I think. Like, the Far From Home ending is great. Like, it's them web swinging, and you could walk away being like, oh, that's great, it's Spider-Man back in New York with Mary Jane. But then it picks up right where that leaves off here and just continues and makes an even, it makes like a shock ending out of what would have been just a resolution ending. And Multiverse of Madness did the opposite, which I think is kind of a strange call. Right. Because then we we were all left after Far From Home for, what, two years being like, what yeah. is going to happen with Peter? Yeah. That's one of the few post-credit scenes we've talked about maybe just not watching until we get to see more from Clea in the future. Right. Um, okay, top five post-credit scenes in the MCU, man. Ooh, okay, I'm excited for this one. Uh, this is one that I really fought for on this list. Number five. Because, man, I, I, I love this. And that's the Captain Marvel mid-credit scene. We're calling Where's Fury? Where is he? This is okay. So talking about about directors here, the Russos directed this scene, and you get some Sylvester score mm. in there, and that's I don't know how you can ask for any more of that. I was telling True. Kyle, this is bearded Cap again with blonde hair, Nat, and you got Rhodey and Bruce, and it's like it's coming straight out of the end of Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And it feels like every time I see this, it feels like a little gift because I love Infinity War and Endgame so much, obviously. And then I forget that there's this little extra with the with the Avengers that we have. The crazy thing for both of us there, I think, is that one, Captain Marvel is not our most rewatched movie. Right. That's fair to say. So I haven't seen it that many times. And then secondly, on our watch order, because Mm -hmm. we place it second, we recommend for people that have never seen the MCU to skip that post-credit scene until later, like Ant-Man and the Wasp or something, way later. And so every time I've gone back and rewatched it with my wife, with my parents, we skip that scene. Right. And I forgot, yeah, like that scene's really cool. So when we turned it on today... That was like maybe my third time ever seeing it. I almost yeah. forget that it exists. And you're right. It's just fun. It's, it's bonus. It's bonus time in a great era. It's yeah, it's so fun. And it's like, and it's just the, the cap, like, yeah, it's just, it's like, it's peak cap Nat stuff there. Whenever they're, like, it, he's like, this is a nightmare. She's like, I've had better nightmares. It's just, it's great. And it's, it's Marcus McFeely written, I believe as well. So it's just more of that. 
And then the actual ending of that scene with Captain Marvel, I think what's interesting there is that is an example of Marvel. It's the total opposite of what we're talking about. Whenever they, they show us a scene that they then show us again in a movie, like this is one where if you hadn't seen that credit scene, you are a little bit in Endgame like, wait, how did she even know to go get Tony? Like, where did she come from? Like, that's a pretty crucial connecting of the dots because we never see her meet Steve. And, sure. you know, again, there's never any kind of introduction. So I think that's a that's definitely one of my favorites. Worthy top five, I think. No doubt. Number four is one that we both love, but I especially fought for. And mm-hmm. that's Shang-Chi, a beacon. It's partially because it's coming out of a really, really funny ending to mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, which is <laughs> the soul sucker conversation, which is already great. But then to have Wong show up to kind of justify mm-hmm. that final scene, the credit scene, honestly, part of the argument is the same argument we just used for the last one, which is like, it's fun to see the team kind of together. It's right. fun to see Wong talking with Bruce and Carol and talking as if like they talk fairly often. Like they check in. Mm -hmm. It's funny that Carol runs away again. Like, can Carol ever just be present, please? (laughs) Like we're trying to talk about something, but she always has to go. But I like that the post credit scene is meta enough and aware enough. They kind of make a joke about that. Like she does it all the time. I don't have, I I don't have her number. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then you also still get some of the humor with the karaoke and a tie into an excellent placement of hotel California to end the the credits, which is a great song in general, but also to end the, the movie with. And, we have some unfinished business with this post credit scene, so I'm intrigued. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm really glad you you fought to have that. This would always have been in our top 10, but I'm glad you fought to have this as high as it is because watching it back, you do get kind of – like if I were to kind of set out my criteria for what I want a post credit scene to give me, this gives me all of it. Like it's like you do have the humor, the kind of stuff that we're talking about liking from the cap scene and from Pizza Papa <laughs> – like you get some of that with the karaoke scene, but then you he also get, always gets paid <laughs> always. <laughs> but then you you get the tease, like you're saying, with the beacon itself and the interactions. That's it's really, I mean, that's what we talked about for the first hour after we saw <laughs> Shang Chi was just the credit scene. Number three could honestly be my number one, just personally. I know you love it because it's your top three, right? Number three. Number three is Ant-Man and the Wasp. We're calling Dust in the Wind. I hate that. I hate it so much. I was just saying I loved it, just the scene, and then I looked down and read the title. That's horrible. You just It's so irreverent of you. I'm sorry. Um, at risk of stating the obvious here, this scene is so unbelievable because so much of Ant-Man and the Wasp is lighthearted. And that movie ends in such a positive light. Families are reunited. Right. And it's almost as if you forgot about Thanos and the blip for two hours. For two hours, they let you be happy. Mm -hmm. And just, you're with Scott. And this is one of the only post credit scenes that as Scott is yelling, I get full body chills from a post credit scene. As it's like panning out, he's yelling and you're just seeing the like dust blow in the wind. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Unbelievable though. Truly maybe my favorite one. Yeah, it is. It's so good. And it, 
honestly, the second credit scene for Ant Man and the Wasp is great too. I mean, it, again, right. the, talking the about ant is goofy. I get it, right. but like just seeing the TV with the like, cre- yeah. I have chills right now. Yeah. The creepy alert, like it puts you in the perspective. Like, what? What if this was real? Yeah, you get that. Like, yeah, that alert you only get. You remember when that alert growing up would freak you out? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's really the only like up until we got into the Disney Plus era and started exploring that more. That was the only time within the Infinity Saga that we got a look at like the the immediate aftermath from not obviously it's an ant's perspective, but also like from like within a normal household. So it is eerie. And yeah, the actual like dusting scene. And one thing kind of talking about collaboration, I meant to say with Shang-Chi, that was fun because it was Dustin Daniel Cretton and Brie Larson collaborating again after having worked together. Oh, there you go. Uh, but this one was fun on a collaboration point because I was reading like Peyton Reed worked really closely with the Russos and Marcus and McFeely around the scene, like how exactly they wanted to deal with the events of Infinity War. Well, and even to make sure it looks exactly the same. Right. And- Which it, yeah, and it looks incredible. And they were just talking about the all the things you would think, like really having to strike the correct balance because it is a much more lighthearted film, obviously, than Infinity War. It came out right after Infinity War. Well, and him being stuck in the quantum realm is like one of the single most important plot points of Endgame. Yeah. That that he's the one that comes out when they're all hope is lost. Right. To be like, something could maybe happen with this because I was stuck here. That's actually. I have chills right now. That's a great point. That would have to be a Marcus McFeely conversation. You're right, because that's a huge, huge part of Endgame. That's like the linchpin of the whole thing. That's Yeah, that's a great call. Number two. Number two is another that I fought for. Pretty pretty hard. I say that. We agreed on all these. Right, we agreed, but if four was a little more my leaning, two is a little more your leaning. Right. And that is the Infinity War credit scene we're calling Page Me. And I love this scene so much. I think this this is like this is one that I think I've said before on podcast episodes is maybe my favorite. And I'm not exactly sure why whenever I watch it back, but every time I watch it back, I get chills and I get so amped. It's something about seeing the, it's like we've gone through all Infinity War and it's such a like beautiful, intense movie and you haven't even really had time to think about where Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. are because it all happens so quickly. You know, it's like you start with Tony and it's not like Tony has this has a second to be like, yeah, I'm going to go check out the alien invasion. It's like it just happens when he's in the sanctum and then we're off to the races. And so to meet back up with them in this way, but you don't know when, you don't know like how much time has passed. And you pointed this out that you find like they're not even realizing what's going on in Wakanda until the moment basically the moment that the snap happens because then like as soon as she's like oh there are multiple bogeys over Wakanda the car crash and then Maria dust and then the there are several there are several factors that happen from there on you have the Sylvester music start picking up which is a surefire way to get me stoked you have the Samuel L. Jackson mother right before he does which is incredible and then the actual dropping of the the pager beeper which we've never seen before we had no idea what that was cued with the building music from Sylvester and then the actual Captain Marvel logo is so epic like having seen Captain Marvel now i still get the excitement from that of like oh my gosh what's going to happen who's he calling like, I can still put myself back in that headspace. 
and it's so, it's they, so good. This scene gives us a little glimpse into what I think is a very fulfilling answer to the where's Carol question mm-hmm. by basically setting up, you know, if you think about Infinity War, a ton of it happened without Nick Fury being around. Then before they can even really assemble, that's the whole point, they get attacked and Spider-Man gets pulled up into space and there goes Iron Man with him and Iron Man might have been the one to communicate like, hey, we got to get ready, etc. And so they get separated right away and then by the time Thanos is attacking Wakanda, they don't have a lot of time to figure anything out. So I think it makes so much sense that Fury didn't have any time to get a hold of Carol before this happened. Right. So it does add to that like tension of what's happening. But overall, for me, the reason it's number two is just because it adds to that terror we were talking about with the previous credit scene. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the dusting happens at the end of Infinity War and we see it affecting the Avengers on a very personal level. We're all hurting because our Avengers are gone. But you see no real world ramifications other than to those people. Right. Because you're just in Wakanda zoomed in and then you just get to see the stuff that happens on Titan. Yeah. And like, you have this idea of like, what could that mean? But before we even get a chance to think about like, what would that look like? Which thankfully they explore really fully for the next five years. Right. Which is amazing. Right. But this is the first look at, real world ramifications. So I love the shot of the car crashing and there's no driver and mm-hmm. I have chills right now thinking about it. And then all of a sudden a helicopter crashes because, well, yeah, what if the pilot went down and disappeared in the yeah. middle of the flight? And then you start going like, oh my gosh, if that's what it's like. And then the movies answer that question, but it's like, what happens to all the kids in school right. in the middle right. of band practice that happened? Right. What happened right. if you're in the middle of the quantum realm mm-hmm. and that happens and what happens in like, all of a sudden your mind can finally race on like, holy cow, the, the practical ramifications of this are going to be massive. Right. So that terror in the background and, and fury being terrified of it. That uh, that's a, that's a key thing to clue in on. And I'm glad you said that because we never see fury phased. So, like, I love the way that Jackson portrays that. Like, it's, like, even whenever the car crashes, like, Hill is a little unnerved, but he's still kind of keeping it together. And then it's, like, a subtle thing where he's, like, when he sees her dust. Call control. That's what he says first. Yeah. And then, yeah. And it's, like, he doesn't even take the time to, to like, be upset or, like, grieve her because he's, like, in the – he, like, immediately heads back for the pager. It's yeah, it's so and, good. And that's the sign right there too because if if we believe that he's known Captain Marvel since the 90s, right. he didn't feel that any of the other events were bad enough right. to justify calling her, but in that one second, he thinks this is bad enough that I got a pager immediately. Right. Like no hesitation, like right. something awful is happening. And I have chills right now. Yeah, I, 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 I did too. Like I, 10 did too. Times. I did it's too. It's amazing. It's working. Man. And our number one post-credit scene. Yes. The only scene that surpasses that scene for a few reasons, some of which are nostalgia. Sure. And everyone out there right now is thinking, what is the number one scene? I bet they're (laughs) racking their brain and thinking, what could be above that? Mm -hmm. The number one scene, speaking of Samuel L. Jackson, is from Iron Man, Meet Nick Fury. Yes. And, man, this one, it's so quick. It's a very short credit scene. And again, there are nostalgia purposes. There are, you know, do you remember when? Like we were talking about at this point, yes, other movies did credit scenes. Like I, I think X-Men The Last Stand had one. I think other kind of non-superhero movies had done it. I'm not saying Marvel pioneered that entire practice, but you never, you didn't necessarily expect them. And a lot of the times they were just little like Easter egg things as much as anything. 
you know. Full confession. I'm trying to go back in time. I don't even know that I remember staying for the credits. Because you're right, like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. Did I yeah. see that online or did my friends tell me and then I had to go back and see it again? Do yeah. you remember? Did you stay? I, I think I did stay, but I think it was only because I had like gotten into the practice because of like X-Men The Last Stand, which well, I followed that stuff more closely than you did at the time. Yeah. Well, and I've told this story before. One of our close to honorable mentions was Coulson finding right. Thor's hammer right. in Thor 1 for very similar reasons to this Iron Man mm-hmm. thing. But I remember that I had learned at that point to stay for credit scenes, but I didn't even know what Thor's hammer was. That's right. how little I knew about the character. Right. It's kind of funny to be full circle now talking about Marvel, but I like literally hadn't, I didn't even recognize the hammer. I had right. to ask people and Google it. To that point, there's just so much importance in this scene. This is the first time, like, you were watching Iron Man going, this is a really good movie. Right. This is really fun. Yeah. But did you have any reason to believe that, like, there was a whole lot more? No, I mean, that's what we were saying. Like, if you were someone, like, like if, if, if you were in the film and TV industry, then yes, like, Marvel had come out and announced that they were making a studio and that they were wanting to do these things. However, like we've said before they really bet the bank literally on Iron Man. So even with all of their plans, had Iron Man tanked, we would not have had a Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's not like all this stuff was already full speed ahead. I mean, I think we probably would have gotten the Incredible Hulk and that would have been it. So like for me, for the vast majority of moviegoers, you're sitting there thinking, wow, what a fun Iron Man movie. I hope they make a second one. That would be cool. And that's it, right? Like you're not thinking, what could this lead to? And the one line that Fury has isn't just, hey, it's nice to meet you. It's, I'm here to talk about the Avengers right. initiative. And that gives chills because what yeah. is that going to kick off? Right. <laughs> it's going to well, kick off and 15 it's, years, maybe eventually 30 years worth of stuff. Yeah. I And it, that scene is, it's so iconic. I mean, the way he starts, like, so, so Tony, you've seen just be the smartest guy, the most capable guy. And he ends on such this high of I am Iron Man. And he walks in back into this like super cool house he has in Beverly Hills. And the first thing is Jarvis starts to welcome him home. And then it's like, whoa. And you're like, oh, gosh, is this like a bad guy thing? Because the last time you saw it was Obadiah Stane like breaking into his house. And then you see Samuel L. Jackson in the shadows. I am Iron Man. Jarvis needs to work on his security. Right, I'm just seriously. realizing it didn't go well for him at that's first. That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> for the smartest man in the world, <laughs> he got broken into pretty easily. Yeah, but. come on, Jarvis. But it, it's even like every line, like I said, it's a very short scene. He says that. Tony says, who the hell are you? <laughs> Which is funny because that's what and we're so thinking. Fitting. And so fitting yeah, for Tony. For especially at that fit. It like, because everything is still so grounded then. It's so fun to revisit. It was so small. Yeah. It's like. It was so small. It was one guy that yeah. had become like a quote unquote hero being like, who are you and why are you here? Right. That was, the, that was like our excitement. It who is, is this guy? <laughs> that's, I think that's why I love this scene so much. There's so little that's happening. Like there's so much behind that that we've talked about. There's the fact that, that Samuel L. Jackson had been written into the comics. Like they cast, they like willed him into existence as Nick Fury because Brian Bendis and Brian Hitch and Mark Miller had just decided to make Nick Fury look like that in those comics. And then Brian Michael Bendis actually wrote this scene, which is really fun. And so that, and which for me, you know, is fun because Brian Bendis at that point in time was like firing on all cylinders. And there were different drafts. Like I've read interviews with him where he said he had like at least five, maybe more versions of the scene. And there was one where he was like, 
yeah, you know, the world's bigger than you know. We got guys slinging on webs. We got guys with claws in their hands. You know, it was kind of going to be a too much thing. Yeah. And they, they just, they brought it down to just, it's just perfect. It's just the right amount of time for you to be like, what did I just watch? Like, what, it, what does that even mean? Why is he wearing an iPad? Right. <laughs> it's man, it, it's, I love it so much. And, and watching it again, it's like, one of the things I love looking back through this list, like we didn't do this at all intentionally. We're not trying to like divide these up perfectly but we've got, that's phase one. We've got Thor The Dark World covering phase two. He had several phase two honorable mentions. Then we've got several phase three and several phase four. Like we're, it's covering the gamut. Like oh, there yeah. are all these different phases. So it's not as though we're all like nostalgia mining or that it's all like new, exciting stuff. It's just fun seeing the different ways this practice has evolved mm-hmm. and how each director, each group of creators have utilized it so well in so many different ways. So that's it. That's our official rankings from 10 to 1. The FFW best post credit scenes in the MCU are Thor Dark World Infinity Stones. Number 9, WandaVision Diving into the Darkhold. Number 8, Moon Knight Meet Jake. Number 7, Ragnarok Thanos Arrives. Number 6, Far From Home Daily Bugle Exclusive. Number 5, Captain Marvel Where's Fury. Number 4, Shang-Chi A Beacon. Number three, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Dust in the Wind. (laughs) Number two, Infinity War, Page Me. And number one, Iron Man, Meet Nick Fury. So there it is. We finally gave it to y'all. We would love to hear what yours are because I know this is a topic that people have wanted to discuss. Those are our rankings. What are yours? Hit us up on Friends From Work Plus, on Patreon, on our website, theffwpodcast.com, on social media, at the FFW Podcast, or via our Slack. We love talking to all you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Friends from Work Plus. Plus.